The last thing we're discussing was if someone sold an animal that he stole, but not all of it. Either he was a partner with someone or there was body parts missing. What would be the halakha? We, we asked a question in regards to selling an animal with a condition that doesn't give the buyer 100% rights. Then we asked the question if a person stole an animal he cut off a limb and then he sold it. What would be the halakha? And we ended off with a teko in both cases. And with that, we're going to start Ayn Chet Amud Bet, last line by the two dots where it says Tanura Banan. Ganav Vinatan Leaher Vitabah. If a person stole an animal, he gave it to someone to watch it, and that someone slaughtered it. Or he did it, or he was a shaliah to, to slaughter it, and he slaughtered it for the thief. Or ganav benatan laher umachar. Or same idea. Someone stole an animal. He gave it to someone to watch, and that someone sold it for him. Case number three: ganav vehigdish, ganav vehikif. Someone stole an animal, and he was magdishit, or he stole an animal, and then he sold it, but he didn't get the money right away. It was like sort of a layaway plan. Same idea: ganav vehichlif. Or if, if someone stole an animal, then he traded with another animal or traded for something else. Ganav inatan bimatana. Or if he stole an animal and he gave it as a gift to someone. Ganav ufparahovo. If someone stole an animal and then gave it to someone, a creditor that he has, and that, that's going to pay off his debt. Ganav ufparahbehekefo. Or if someone stole an animal and then gave it to, let's say, the store to finish off his credit. Or if someone stole an animal and sold it to his future father-in-law's house as gifts to the bride. In all these cases, he, the thief has to pay times four times five. And the Gemara asks the obvious question, What's the Hidush in this Baraita? I mean, all these things are obvious. So the Gemara explains, So the big Hidush is in the Resha, where a person stole something, gave it to someone else, his Shaliyah, and the Shaliyah slaughtered it. In this case, there is a Shaliyah, meaning, even though in the entire Torah, we know the rule that there is, you cannot make a messenger to do a sin for you because you're supposed to listen to Hashem, not to this person. In this case, there is a Shaliyah, there is a messenger for Navira. What's the reason? It says he slaughtered and sold it. The same way selling, the only way possible is through someone else buying it, meaning there has to be some other party. There has to be another messenger, there has to be a messenger, so to speak, to buy that animal. Then, so you have to say, even in regards to Shita, if the thief gave it a shohet at the slaughter, the, the thief is still hayav. Now, that's the Hidush in the Resha. In the Sefa, Ganav Vehi Kaddish. If the thief was Makaddish, the animal has to pay times four times five. The Hidush is Mali Mecharo Lehediot, Mali Mecharo Lehediot. What's the difference if he sold it to a regular person or he sold it to the Shemaim? At the end of the day, the owner lost a cow and you have to pay him times four times five. Next Mishnah. Ganav Beshut Behabealim, if a person stole an animal that was in the owner's property and then he took it out, remember you have to take it out in order to be Hayav of stealing. And he slaughtered it or sold it once it left the property. Or he stole it when the animal was outside of the owner's property. 
Let's say you saw the animal in the shoot rabim, you stole it, he pulled it, something. Vitavahu machar shutam, and then you brought it to the owner's property and slaughtered it there. Or shiganav vitavahu machar chutzumeshutam, or if he stole the animal and slaughtered it or sold it outside of the owner's property. No matter what the case, he has to pay times four, times five. But if he stole an animal, never took it outside of the owner's property and slaughtered it or sold it there, he does not have to pay times four, times five, because he he didn't take it out of the owner's property. He never fully took it into his possession. If the thief was pulling it and trying to leave the owner's property, and the animal died in the owner's property, let's say he choked it, it died right there, he doesn't have to pay anything because there was never really a theft. However, if he picked up the animal, or he took it out of the owner's property, and then it dies, at that point he has to pay for the theft. If he gave it for his son, uh, let's say the thief had a firstborn son and he took this animal and gave it instead of the five selaim, he's supposed to give the coin, he gave this animal. Um, that's the way that she explains it in the second perush and Tosfot agrees to that perush. He has, in his first perush, he says we're talking about the owner giving it to the coin, but that doesn't make sense. So again, the thief stole it and then gave it to the coin for his son's bechorut. Uh, or he gave it to his creditor, or he gave it or he gave it to a a shomer, any a person watching it for him for free, or a paid watchman, or someone rented it from him, or someone borrowed it from him. He gave it to someone else. And this kohen, or this creditor, or this shomer was pulling it, umet and died in the owner's property. Patur. Because pulling it in the owner's property uh, does not obligate you in stealing. If the Shomer, Kohen, or uh, creditor picked it up, even if it's in the original owner's property, or he, pulled, or he took it out of the owner's property, and the animal died, at that point, at that point it's considered stealing. And uh, the, th- the thief or the person telling the Shomer to do it is Hayav to pay. And Tosfot right away jumps in and explains, even though we all know there's no Shaliyah for an Avera, over here it does actually work because they didn't know what they were picking up. They thought it maybe actually belongs to the thief. And therefore they are doing it for him. That's the way Tosfot explains it. The Rambam, however, he explains that the, the, the Shomer or the Kohen are the ones who are Hayav. And the Magid Mishneh explains, we're talking about a situation where the Kohen or the, the Shomrim knew that uh, this was stolen. Another point of argument is, what are they Hayav? According to Tosfot Red, if he gave it to a Shomer, he's Hayav times two. But if he gave it to a Kohen or a creditor, he has to pay times four times five. However, the Rimilonil explains, in these situations, he has to pay times two, not times four and times five. And then there's the Rambam Shita, that everything, the entire Hayuv is on the Kohen or the Shomer who took it, and they would only have to pay double. Next, the Gemara starts, Amor. Amor has a question, Tiknu How does a Shomer acquire something, meaning how does he get it into his hands in order to be responsible for it? 
is it just by pulling it and that makes him now the person in charge responsible for it? Or is it once he gets his money, that's when he becomes responsible for the item? So, Amarav Yemar Tashema, look, we have a Braita, Netano Lebhorut Beno, Olebal Hovo, Shomer Hinam, Ulshoel, Ulnose Sahar, Ulsoher, if a thief gave the Kohen for his for Pidyona Ben, or if he gave it to a creditor, or the thief gave it to some sort of a Shomer to watch for him, Hayam Moshove, Oseomet, Beshuta, Bealim, Patur. If he was pulling it and it died in the original owner's properties, Patur. It sounds like if he pulled it outside of the owner's property, he's Hayav. My love, Shomer, aren't we talking about a Shomer pulling it outside of the original owner's property? It sounds like that there is this concept of pulling in order to accept responsibility when it comes to Shomrim. So Amar Le, Amimor told Rav Yemar, no. We're talking about a Ganav. We're talking about where the thief was pulling it. Meaning the original owner gave it to a Shomer, gave it to a Kohen, a creditor, and the thief was pulling it out from the Kohen's house or the Shomer's house. And, uh, and it, then it all depends if he t- took it outside the house or not and at what point he's Hayav. The Gemara said that doesn't make sense because Hatana Leresha. But the Resha already talked about a thief pulling it out of their owner's property. This is the same thing. So I'm more explaining Tana Ganav Sheganav Mibeta Baalim Vitana Ganav Sheganav Mibeta Shomer. The Resha was talking about a thief that pulled it from the original owner's house, and the Sefer was talking about a thief pulling it from the Shomer or creditor or the Kohen's house. But Amma the Ravashe, Ravashe has a question on Amemor. Lotid Haye, you can't just push away that question. Because I can always tell you, Mali Ganav Sheganav Mibeta Shomer, Mali Ganav Sheganav Mibeta Baalim. I can always say, what's the difference? A thief who's stealing is a thief who's stealing. What's it make a difference if it's from the original person's house or it's from the Shomer's house? At the end of the day, he's stealing. Same rules should apply. You don't have to repeat this twice. Elalav, rather, you have to explain. Shomer, we're talking about the Shomer pulling it. And what we learn from here, what comes out is that this concept of the Shomer pulling it and accepting responsibility. And Itmar Nami was also said as follows. Rabbi Lazar explained that the same way there's this concept of Meshichah pulling in order for a buyer to acquire an item he bought. Same thing with Shomrim. Once they acquire it, they're responsible. And Tanya Nami Achi, we have a bright like that also. The same way Hachamim set up this concept of pulling to acquire when it comes to a sale, same thing in regards to accepting responsibility. The same way land can be acquired with a contract, with a document, with money, with hazaka, showing ownership on the property, walking around, locking the door, fixing the fence, something like that. Same thing when it comes to renting. It is acquired. The renter acquires the area either by paying for it, either with a document or a hazaka, or staying there for three years, showing uh, or so showing some short, sort of ownership. So the Gemara right away asks, what type of uh, what type of uh, renting? If we're talking about renting movable objects. Well, you know, do you really write a contract over movable property? 
meaning we we have a rule that movable objects can only be acquired by passing through of the hand. The documents don't work when it comes to uh, movable objects. So Amar of Hasta, no, we're talking about sechirut we're talking about renting of land. Renting happens by documents also. Amar bil Azar, Ra'u Shaitimin Bahorashim. If there's witnesses who watch this thief hide in the forest, and they saw him steal and slaughter or sell right then and there. He's considered a ganav and he has to pay times four times five. And the Gemara asks, Amai, why does he have to pay times four times five? He never pulled it. So Amar Hasda Shehikisha Bimakel. We're talking about a situation where the thief uh, poked it with the stick and it came to him, and that's considered uh, the Meshicha, the pulling. The Gemara asks, Amre Vechevandi Rau Gazlanu. The Gemara asks, well, once they saw him, that means he's not hiding like a Ganav, rather he's a Gazlan. He's an outright uh, thief, and an outright thief doesn't pay times four times five. So the Gemara explains, Since this thief is hiding himself from people in the forest, Ganav, he's really considered a Ganav. So, so then what's a Gazlan? What's an outright thief? So Amar Biabhu, Kegon Binao Bin Yoyada. It's like what Binao Bin Yoyada, Shinimar Vexolta Hanit Miada Bitriva, Hargeo Bahanito. It's like what Binao Bin Yoyada did. He stole the spear, the sword, right out of the Egyptian person's hands and he killed him right there with his own uh, sword. It's like the people of Shechem with the, in the in the war with Avimelech. This is in Sefer Shoftim. Over there, Shneimah The people of Shechem put uh, people to hide and uh, steal things from anyone who passes by right on top of the mountain on the path. And they weren't scared of anybody. Anyone who came, they just stole it right from them. So Rabbi Abhu, who brought the, the proof from Ben why didn't he bring it from the people of Shechem? Since they were hiding in the top of the mountains, they're not called Gazlanim, they're really Ganavim. Rabbi Hanan. The reason he brought from people of Shechem, he, he'll tell you, Had they The reason they were hiding is so people don't see them and run away from them. Rather, they were there hiding, so this way people can just come by, think it's a safe area, and then steal from them, but they stole from them outright. That's why they're considered Gazlanim. And on that note, Sha'alu tell me David Rabbian Yohanan Mitzakai, Rabbian Yohanan Mitzakai students asked me, Why was the Torah more strict with a Ganav than a Gazlan? So Amar Lahem, Rabbi Yohanan explained, The Gazlan, he equated everyone's, uh, the, everyone's honor the same. Meaning, I'm not scared of humans, I'm not scared of Hashem, I'm not scared of anybody. Okay. But the, the Ganav, he did not equate the fear of Hashem or the honor of Hashem to regular people. Gemarat here talks in uh, sarcasm language. It says it's as if he made the eye down here, meaning human eye, but really he's talking about Hashem, as if Hashem can't see and Hashem can't hear. Meaning by hiding and stealing, you're basically saying, I'm more scared of humans than I am of Hashem. 
Woe to those who hide from Hashem, they're trying to hide their plans, and they're doing everything in in private where no one's watching. And they're basically saying, Hashem is not watching, Hashem doesn't understand. It's as if they're saying Hashem left the land and, and Hashem's not watching. And there's a mashal in the name of Rabban Gamliel, a thief who was only scared of humans, not of Hashem. What's it like? Two people in the city, and they made a big party. One invited people of the city, not the people of the king. And the other one didn't invite anybody. Which one's going to get more punished? You have to say the person who invited the people of the town and didn't invite the people of the king. He showed that he cared more about the people of the town than the people of the king. But a person who didn't invite anyone, okay, you know, he, he doesn't care about anyone. And I want to be Meir, Bore, Kamagadol, Koachel, Melacha. The Rabbi Meir says, Come see how great the, the power is of uh, of the of working meaning look how much the torah appreciates a person working sure if if a thief steals an ox and now the owner can't work anymore then he has to pay hamisha has to pay times five but if he only stole a sheep and that he so the owner doesn't lose out any work the the thief only has to pay times four and I want you to come and see how great is the honor of people. Meaning, even when it comes to a thief, who cares about their honor. When a person steals an ox, he made it walk with its feet. He was walking with his feet with honor. Okay, he has to pay times five. But with the sheep, you have to pick it up and put it on your shoulder. And you were degraded a little bit. And you only have to pay arba'a. Next Mishnah, we don't raise a flock of domesticated animals in Eretz Israel, meaning sheep, goats, because what they usually do is they go and they eat grass in other people's field and they ruin other people's field. And since Eretz Israel is a majority of Jews, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's considered sort of like stealing. And it it ruins its cell. And the Hachamim said we don't raise uh, those animals in its cell. But you could raise sheep and goat in uh, Syria. It's an area that was captured by the Avida Melech. It's it has some humrot, some stringencies like Eretz Israel, and some not. So over here we're allowing it. And you're allowed to raise these sheep and goats in the deserts of Eretz Israel, meaning area where there's not too many people and they're not ruining other people's uh, fields so they're not really stealing from anyone you're not allowed to raise chickens roosters in Yerushalayim because because there's a lot of Kodashim going around um, chickens usually go into trash they pull out uh, different rodents and those rodents can touch the meat and it can make things tameh Therefore, you're not allowed to raise chickens at all in the entire Shalim. Velo kohanim be'eret Israel, and kohanim cannot raise chickens all over Israel because mipenei tarot because of the tarot they're constantly eating teruma and things like that, and they have to eat it betahara with purity. And the chickens are going to pull uh, different rodents out and make things tameh. In megadelin hazirin bechol makom, no raising pigs at all. 
A man is not allowed to raise a dog in his house, not have a dog in his house, unless he's tied with a, with a chain. The idea is we're scared that a pregnant woman might walk by, he'll scare her, and she'll uh, have a miscarriage. We don't set traps out for birds, because we don't want the, uh, uh, birds that belong to the city, uh, private-owned birds, to go into the trap and that's stealing. Unless those traps were set 30 reese outside the city, which is equal to 4 mil. The Gemara starts. One is not allowed to raise a small cattle in Eretzel, a flock of sheep, goats, but you are allowed to raise them in the forest of Eretzel. The forests are like deserts. You can't really uh, grow anything over there. They're just trees over there. Besuria, afilu beyishuv. In Syria, you're allowed to raise sheep and goat even in settled area. Ve'en sarich lomar behotzalat. And all the more so outside of Surya and Israel, of course, you're allowed to raise animals even in a settled area. Tanya idach, but we have another brayta. En megalim be'emad akab Israel. One's not allowed to raise. Sheep and goat in Eretz but you're allowed to raise them in the desert of Yehuda. There's no grown grain over there, so it's not a problem with stealing. And same thing with the desert right outside of Akko. Even though Hachamim said you're not allowed to raise these small animals, but you are allowed to raise big animals like cows and ox. Because Hachamim cannot set a gezerah, they cannot decree something unless the majority of Bnei Israel can stand it. Meaning, small animals you could easily bring from outside of Israel. Larger animals, you can't bring these huge animals all the time from outside of Israel. Therefore, Hachemim will not go there on cows and ox. And the Brayta continues, even though Hachim said you're not to raise these uh, small animals in itself. But one is allowed to have uh, these animals in their house 30 days before the holidays, 30 days before uh, a party. The basic idea is that the last one that you bought shouldn't last more than 30 days. The Salkada Tach, I mean, I would have thought, the Inafak, the regal, I would have thought, look, if the holiday finish, and you know, you don't have 30 days. So let's say I bought the sheep right before the holidays. 30 days didn't last, it was only a week. You cannot say that, oh, I have 30 days. Let me just continue, you know, leave it a couple of weeks, let it grow, and then I'll eat it in like two, three weeks. No. Once the holiday finishes, you're not going to leave it in your house anymore. But shohet, a butcher, he's allowed to buy animals, a slaughter. He's allowed to buy animals, leave it over there. As long as he doesn't leave the last animal over there, 30 days, that's okay. Meaning as long as he has a normal uh, turnover where there's no animal lasting more than 30 days, that's okay. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem Amen Amen.